0: What's up gamers, welcome to Battle Mallet Podcast episode 56, our review of Dagox Stab Lads and the Malevolent Masks. <laughs> if you guys could see Trey's and Jason's faces right now.
1: Oh, it's uh, just funny, like, I mean... The... <laughs> every time, every, every time, time. It's
0: it's like we've recorded 55 episodes prior to this, and, and I start the episode the same time Same way every time.
1: The funny thing is, is like, normally we do it on purpose, but this time it was like, so for, for context listeners, like Jared's always like, Hey, we're going to go on like 45. Yeah. And typically Trace and I will, the first run always chime in and say something funny and to throw him off. This time it was a genuine comment. and <laughs> Jared just kept rolling, and then we restart. And this is what you're getting. Is this That's is right. like just raw, unedited? Yep. Uh, as we're, I'm still chuckling at how it went
0: down. But anyway, it's so good. So anyway, so for anyone that isn't familiar, the Battle Pilot Podcast is the journey of three busy gamers, uh, playing games that they love, balancing life with those games, and making their way to the open convention. I've already said our names, but we're going to do it again. Uh, my name is Jared Johnson. Tonight, I am joined by Trace. Inter-
1: interrupting Cal.
0: And Jason <laughs> dable Murray.
1: Oh, it's going to be a good one.
0: Uh, I can feel it. I can feel it in my masks. I was going to say my bones, but it doesn't. I can feel it in my giant, over-my-shoulder sousaphone. sousaphone. That's what I can that's what I can feel it in. Anyway, so uh, we'll start things off with another thank you to Games Workshop for sending us a copy of Dagox Stablads Lads and the Malevolent Masks deck uh, early so that we can get it in our hands, take a look at it, review it offline so that we can create this online review for you. Um, so again, we just appreciate the opportunity uh, to produce this content. Uh, and that's what we'll be doing in tonight's episode. So we're going to go through and do our standard review of both Dagok Stablads and the Malevolent Masks, giving you our hot takes, giving you our, our best picks for the objectives that you want to see early, power cards that you want to see early, uh, running through playstyle, and things like that. But before we get into the nitty-gritty, we will do what we always do, and we will ask what everybody's been up to. And I'm going to start with Trace, because he's making just the best Grumple
1: Dumpus face right now. <laughs>
2: I promise to deliver the best content and the most professional content on the internet.
1: Oh my goodness, that was so enthusiastic. Um,
2: (laughs) So, thank you, Jared, for that warm uh, introduction. Uh, I have been doing a lot of gaming. I've been playing a lot of Underworlds. Um, These two knuckleheads have been kind of... Rocking around doing their own stuff over the past couple months. Um, and so I've been trying to hold down the fort with as far as the Underworld stuff goes. So I've been playing a lot of Underworlds with our local gaming group.
0: been um, doing a ex- fine job. No, uh, doing an awesome job, man. You've been uh, killing it. Yeah, well, I appreciate we that. We appreciate you. Um, I don't,
1: but I'm going to say I do. It's, the,
2: it's it's my contribution to the podcast. I don't do anything <laughs> else except to show up and just... Uh, Dumb.
1: so um
2: but i've and played some interesting it. stuff yeah killing it yeah um i've been playing some interesting stuff uh, i've really been enjoying the new breakneck slaughter deck um from from death gorge uh, i've tried a couple different iterations with that one with morgok and one with um the Gnarl spirit pack the Gnarl spirit pack is a lot of fun to play with it Because it's my ABC deck, as I've so affectionately started calling it, because it's just always be charging. Um, If you can get charges off, you can score some glory. You don't even have to hit half the time. So, um, so I've been enjoying doing that. Um, I think most of us on the podcast at this point have picked up some Legions Imperialis.
1: Yeah, as of today.
2: As of of today. today. So, been kind of toiling over that I've done a couple little tester minis um everybody else has their legion figured out I don't because I'm ridiculous with how I want my stuff to match so I've not picked a legion yet um but those tiny minis are cool and I've painted up like a test imperial fist and a couple test little solar auxilia so those are those are um something I've been working on um I've been painting some Tyranids with my son.
1: Ooh.
2: Um, He originally wanted to paint his Tyranids in the quote unquote internet famous coconut crab scheme originally. But he has since shifted gears, and he wants to paint, paint them as High Fleet C2, which is a newer one that GW has released, which is like a purple and black scheme. Um, so we did some minis of that over the past couple days before recording. Um, but yeah, I am really looking forward to Legion's Imperialis and trying to get some stuff on the board for that. I have a full 3 but three foot by 3 foot um, printed, 3D printed board that I'm looking forward to playing on with that. I'm going to keep expanding that as time goes on, but for the stuff that's in the starter box, I think that that is plenty of size for us to to wet our whistle
1: wait we were only supposed to buy the starter box whoops oh, sh- nikes i mean i messed I mean, up on that too
0: so you, you can buy whatever you want
1: <laughs> so but i have so i have a question now like um you know when i'll get into why i've been kind of mia here when it's my turn but when it comes to uh, legion imperialis i just picked my stuff up today and today was like really the first time I've been in hobby shops looking at the product um, since it's come out. Mm-hmm. And there was a shop that had the tiles, which everyone knows. I love terrain. I love boards. So they had the tiles. Like it, we play, we're we playing on a six by four, right?
2: Nope. It's a five by four. It's, it's a five, by four. five by four. Standard size is five by four.
1: Okay. Because, like, the box comes in two by three, correct? For a hundred dollars, yes. So, by my calculation, because I thought it was a six by four, I had to spend four hundred dollars just on tiles. No, do you have any of the tiles? You still have to spend
2: six, four hundred dollars on a five by four and have some tiles left over,
1: probably. But, so, do you have any of the tiles? I don't have the tiles. The official DW tiles.
2: I have tiles that I got from a third party company that I have printed on my FDM 3D printer. it has been buzzing away for the past month or so.
1: So like do you think and I don't again, because I just picked up the box and go, oh crap, like I'm 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 in, I'm playing this game, but I'm not four hundred dollars for some tiles in. Like what happens if we let's say we just pick up one box. Mm-hmm. like what is that going to look like on the table with like six tiles and then nothing on the board? Like, well, you think it'll so, look stupid or is I that just like a city?
2: I think it's going to be interesting. And I think that that is going to be the biggest barrier to entry for a lot of, It's <laughs> great radio, Jason. Um, <laughs> there's going to be a lot of, uh, I think you can use to start with, mats and stuff that you have at your house to, to try it out. Um, I also know that there's some great places that you can probably print off some paper craft buildings to try that are in the appropriate scale that are huh. similar to the old Epic um, printed cardstock buildings. I've seen some of those been kicking around a little bit. Um, but I I got a 3D printer last year for, for, for my birthday. So... Um, I've been just trying different things on it. And one of the things that when they announced Legion's Imperialis, one of the things that I really was like all for was trying to print out some cool terrain to use with 8 millimeter scale. So I've been just kind of knocking away at that. Not everybody has that luxury, and I get that. Um, But there's probably, I think that the most analogous buildings that you could get, that would be... Pretty affordable would be, um, and please forgive me for saying this is the uh, drop zone commander buildings. Those are very appropriate for this scale, hmm. um, and I think that you could probably get away with like any generic like Earth style yeah. mat to mm-hmm. to do it. I think that that would be fine. Yeah, um, I just yeah, you but know, I'm I like, like,
1: think Jason, like it yeah. is kind of
2: it's a barrier. I I agree.
1: I just don't I guess in my mind cuz like we, I haven't seen anyone play it at a shop, right? I watched some battle reports but they're pretty like well outfitted with right the stuff. Right. Um so I'm like, I like you know I have that desert mat. So I was like okay do I just put the desert like barren mat and then you put these tiles like in the center and it's like you're coming out of the wasteland. Yeah. Into seen- this like does that look okay?
2: Yeah, I've seen some. I've seen some battle reports, just like because I'll put something like that on when I'm just doing work. Um, And I've seen some folks that have done that and done, you know, a few buildings on those tiles that have been just like basically like a city block in the middle of like a barren wasteland. It looks fine. Like it's not going to hurt anything to play that way. I Uh, mean, if you're just starting out, like if you want to make a full urban board out of those tiles, it's going to take a little while, probably.
1: But um, it's, it's going to cost you about a thousand dollars to do in GW, right. in the actual GW product. Cause right. like, I also ran across the box of the buildings. Then there were like yeah. one seventy, and then there was like ruins and I forget what they were one something. And no, the ruins are 75.
2: I got okay. a set of the ruins cause I wanted to mix those in with the terrain that I was printing out the full but,
1: buildings. So. so the, the bill, and I know we're way down the rabbit hole here, but we haven't really had time to talk about this as a group. So you guys no. are just getting this raw and. And that's fine. So the buildings and the ruins, is that like the, the amount of train that you need for the two by three, or does that cover more area? So
2: I've built one. So in the, in the ruins kit, I can kind of speak to this. So the ruins kit comes with two sets of the same sprue. And the, the instructions for that tell you two whole different separate ways to build each set of spruce. So, and it covers a fair amount of board. Like I would probably say it's enough to cover. Well, I'm not going to say it's a lot, but like it's, it's enough (laughs) for you to, it's enough for you to cover like a two, like a two by two little board with some, some cover, right? It's not going to be a lot. But, if you get some of those like I said, if you get some of those paper craft buildings or something from like Drop zone Commander and you mix those ruins in with that, I think it gives a nice variety, and then it's it gives some some cover and stuff for the miniatures to actually stand on
1: so yeah i guess I guess I'm expensive. just like all like and I am so our listeners should know like i when it comes to money in the hobby, I very rarely judge any price that is put out there
2: mm-hmm.
1: But if I want a full city, like with the ruins and the tiles, that's let's just say, like, and I and I hope those buildings go more than just two by three, right? Like when we spread, when you build them all and you put them all out, I'm hoping the saturation is not that. But that that is two hundred and eighty dollars, and then seventy five dollars for the ruins, like that's we'll just call it three fifty for even math, and it's probably right about that. Times four, like that is would be the most expensive board I ever had to put together. Yep, yep. So, I think I you're guess better I'm just off. To...
2: I think you're better off as a player getting something like what you have, Jason, with the, um, like those barren wasteland,
1: yeah, mm-hmm. things
2: like that. The 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 what are they called? Battlefield in a box. Battlefield in a box. If you can find some of those. Anything that's like nondescript, that's not like a ruin,
1: mm-hmm. I think because it doesn't scare, it doesn't need to Right, skip. it
2: doesn't matter. It just looks ah. like a really big plateau or whatever, and you can still put infantry on top of that if you really wanted
1: mm-hmm. to. And that so, that's, like, that's cool. where my mind is right now is like, yeah, I don't think I have the four by six barren wasteland. I think it's a you four by a four, four or three by three. By three. You only have a four by four of that one. So. Um, I'm glad you know what I have. I do know. <laughs> I've played on that one several times. I know it's a four by four. So you know, whatever. It's a, so I have a four by four, so I don't have a four by five. But if I then I'm okay investing a hundred dollars for tiles, hundred and eighty dollars for a set of buildings, and another hundred dollars for ruins. It's when I have to buy multiple of those sets right to fill out the table that I'm like, eh. uh all right. So that so that that that's that. Oh. Very I'm very excited for Legion Imperialis. Every single time I look at it, every single time I watch Battle Report or read something online or just look at the minis, like I'm really excited. So when you painted your test mini, did you do it on sprue?
2: No. I actually, so the funny thing is is most of the things that I've tested have been little rogues that have fallen off the sprue in transit somewhere. So those are just guys that have fallen off and they're in the middle of the box, like make if you buy the game for the love of God, make sure that there's no minis just like rolling around in the box because they're so small. And if you're <laughs> like underneath all those cards and the card stock, just make sure if you if you buy that set that you check the box because when you get down the line, like the ones that have fallen off on mine, one is a missile marine, which there's only like eight in there or ten Two. in there. Two. And then the other one is a plasma marine, which is only like <laughs> 10 in there. So if you lose those, and GW even says in the rule book, it's like there's supposed to be five on the base for line of sight purposes. So make sure that they're not in the bottom.
1: Uh, but oh, that's well, what that's I painted cool. was that's the cool ones that, that they fell give off. you. They yeah. give you what's supposed to be on the base. Yeah. Um, they
2: also say in the rules something to the effect of like, Make sure that you discuss with your opponent if there's going to be any kind of like if you don't have that descript number of minis on the base. Make sure that there's concessions made for line of sight purposes. Blah 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 blah. Because I know that there's a lot of 3D printing, um, yeah, repositories out there for Epic Scale because it's been not a it's been a non-supported system for so long. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so I'm I'm pumped about it. My my big thing is that I haven't really built anything yet because I don't know what I'm gonna paint stuff. I'd probably should just build the Imperial Guard because I know I can build I can paint them in a specific way and it was not gonna matter really. Or the solar auxilia. Um but yeah, so that's kind of what I've been up to. Uh I've also been painting the Dagog stab stablads that you guys will see on the release of this. Podcast. Nice. So
0: those are gonna be pretty cool. I'm excited. I'm excited. The
1: the enthusiasm out of some of you all tonight. Just crazy.
0: It's almost like it's late and I'm tired.
1: Pumpkin time and it is it's already pumpkin
0: time and we haven't even started the episode yet.
1: Okay, I'm done. Jason. Go. Oh, is it my I mean I've talked a lot. I don't care. I'm hijacking this episode, Jared. I get you guys like once in a blue moon. So I've been MIA. That is yeah, my, yeah. that has been my um, hobby progress. So work um, really since Thanksgiving has been absolutely insane. Um, we had a couple of visits. We had a senior vice president and then we had the CEO, CMO, CFO and one other C something or others. And then, yeah, like we just had a ton of people in. Um, so really from Thanksgiving till last week, Monday, I was MIA. Um, also had a huge personal stuff going on. Like Sarah was gone for roughly two weeks dealing with a family medical emergency. So I was a single parent for almost two weeks while all that work stuff was going on. Um, so I've gotten really no true hobby stuff done. Um, as we mentioned today, I picked up Legion Imperialis, the starter set. I picked up the Thunderhawk finally, like I've been trying, I've been contemplating purchasing that model since it was released many, many years ago. Um, and then listening to some podcasts, apparently the infantry are hard to find. So there was a box of Legionnaires. So I picked that up as well. Here's my other complaint about Legion Imperialis as I've delved into this today. It is very hard to distinguish the box from heresy to Legion Imperialis. Oh they like, look very similar. They, they look similar look and they use the same pictures. So like there was the some same font. Yeah, the same this, font there was some knights on or not knights, but there were some Titans out there in the one shop. And I'm like, oh look, like oh wait, no, this is the full scale Titan. And like yeah, it just a little differentiating. Like the really it's gold writing. And heresy mm-hmm. is silver writing. That's the oh. way to, <laughs> to tell them apart. Um, but it's out there excited to get started on that. Uh, and then really like Laura Kana has fully consumed the, the Murray household. That is the other thing that, that is uh, balancing life in games. So Emma and I should say this last one, we went to one tournament, which was this past Saturday. Um, for Laura, Khanna was, I think, 12-person tournament, and Emma went 2-1, and one. so that was good. good. That was good, yes. It's one step up from her very first tournament where she went 0-3, um, but we've been trying to play that every other week, I'll be honest. I think we've only gotten out twice in the last 45 days, um, but that hasn't stopped us as from falling down the TCG rabbit hole and collecting all the cards because I'm a collector, Um, We are there. We are a short three cards away from having the first set. Um, You know, it's a problem, sir. (laughs) Godspeed. I'm so sorry. You
0: you stopped buying 40K and quickly (sighs) found something else to spend your money on.
1: Yes. Well, it doesn't help that I found a shop locally that sells singles. So um, that has catapulted quickly over the last week. Yeah. And it's... (laughs) relatively on the way to where i have to travel a lot so uh, when i was stressed out at work it's like yeah i'll stop and spend 20 bucks
0: Um, yeah a little little retail therapy yes
1: um so that i think that's pretty much uh been it the only actually miniature game that i've played is i played your abc gnarled spirit pack into um jared's um oh my goodness Sirenes s- razors, boat. yeah. Sirenes yeah. razors. How'd you like it? Oh, I was, it was fantastic. I really enjoyed it. I don't know if the other person didn't <laughs> did enjoy it. Sirenes well. is a hard one to
2: crack, though. I feel like I think you yeah. have, have to have yeah. a certain mind to really do that well. Um,
1: and then we played some Dice Throne, which was was great yeah. as well. Um, so yeah, that I was really the. It's a great it's a Christmas present. It's a great. Um, for those that aren't familiar with Dice Throne, it's you know a simple board game. It it's kind of like Yahtzee and the power deck from Underworlds. That's the best way that I could really put yeah. it. Is you have the dice that you roll that are just like Yahtzee. You're trying to get symbols and numbers to do actions and attacks. And then oh wait, I have this power power deck that is almost like Underworlds where you can do upgrades, you can do gambits and reactions and it's it's fun, simple and I, I've liked it, but that's, uh, Oh, enjoy <laughs> toy. Yeah, don't, forget, don't forget. Don't forget what you,
2: <laughs> what you've been buying. <laughs> joy, toy,
1: joy toy has, um, taken over the hobby purchases. So I have all, but, but, um, the lion himself, the loin, um, <clears throat> every dark angel is now in my possession, which means that the ultramarines have been displaced to a different shelf. Um, uh, but it's, They're beautiful. They're fantastic. I really enjoy those, those figurines. So yeah, that's me. That's what I've been doing. Nothing, but everything.
0: Nothing, but everything. Yeah.
1: So, um,
0: yeah. So I've been playing some games. I've made it out to the non Monday meetups and then, uh, surprised everybody this past week, by showing up randomly unannounced to the Monday meetup. Um, it is worth noting that the, the Serenis razor void curse thralls deck that I played is, um, uh, G, uh, who took it to the world championships of Warhammer, um, and had some pretty decent success with it there. Um, so uh, the deck has legs. I just have not played a lot of void curse thralls, nor have I played a lot of Serenis razors. So, um, just getting used to it. There, uh, I've spent some time playing with the Thricefold Discord, um, and uh, they—spicy—they—they can—they easily lend themselves to some <laughs> negative play experiences just by virtue of like the temptations um, and making really making your opponent make bad choices. I was playing a game. Against one of our uh, local gaming group, Justin, and he, I had the... Yeah, right? <laughs> uh, I had the, the wielder of the blade vulnerable. Um, he was playing Headsman's Curse with Daring Delvers and had played the domain that means that if you are on a feature token, you're on guard. Um, and he had, in the round prior, delved the feature token into a cover hex. So he was on two defense dice looking for anything but single successes um and i said okay cool that's great well now you get to make a choice either i get to push him two hexes off of that so that he is adjacent to one of my fighters or you don't get to activate him for the rest of the round which is neither of those are great choices i think he made the right choice in not activating him right he's vulnerable i'm going first or, no, he had missed an attack, so... Uh, so, you know, I was going second, being able to play the power cards into this. There was a good chance he was going to die anyway, so his best chances of success were probably to stay on the cover hex on guard. Um, but then, old Vash just came in with her bolt and crit hit him, and that was all she wrote. Um,
1: so... Yeah, didn't he, I, I, and didn't he post his stuff for sale after that?
0: He did. Yeah, all of it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no.
0: For like a dollar. It was awesome. <laughs> um, no, Justin's a great sport. He's probably one of the most gracious losers uh, that we have the opportunity to play with. Um, I feel like he always learns something, too, and uh, his vocal about that, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, but I think my point of that is uh, if you're really looking to be competitive in underworlds right now, I don't think you should be sleeping on the thricefall discord. Um, I know that Domitan storm coven and Ephelim are the, the new hotness, but this was thricefall discord with force of frost, which is kind of a problematic deck. Frost. It's kind of gross. So, uh, so uh, you know, maybe don't, don't sleep on them if you're trying to look, be competitive and then maybe do sleep on them if you're trying to build your community. Um, just my two cents. Um, Outside of that, I think I don't, actually, I don't know that I've done much hobby since the last time we recorded. I think uh, I had painted everything that I had painted when we recorded with Zach last. So my life has also been crazy busy with work and kids and running around to swim mates and all that stuff gearing up for the holidays. So um, I think that's it. I'm excited about legions Imperialis as well. Uh, I have, not had the opportunity to build anything, but I am taking a decent chunk of time off uh, between Christmas and new years. So I hope to be able to sit down and do some of that uh, get some stuff built, maybe get some stuff painted. So I think that's it. So which
2: Legion did you choose?
0: Oh yeah. So I am going with the thousand sons cause I was sitting at my son's swim practice, Uh, Like the day after I got the box and which trace kindly picked up for me. Thank you very much, sir. Um, and, uh, I opened it to the marked page with the ribbon, the way that it came shipped and it opened to the thousand sons page. I was torn between thousand sons and blood angels, but I just took that as the fates weaving themselves open before me. Um, so I might get punished if I make the wrong choice here. So, I think that
2: that's a great choice. Jason, what did you choose? You didn't divulge that when you talked earlier.
1: Secrets are best kept to oneself. Mm. Um, So so Dark Angels? (laughs) You'll never know. No, uh, Emperor's Children is where um, I am most leading, although the Dark Angels are just, oh. The black and red paint scheme is super easy, right? And looks really good. I, the, the thing I've always wanted to do Emperor's children, even in 40 K. I love purple. I think that there's going to be more unique units with Emperor's children, but I am very, I am very much struggling. Like I have such a large crimson fist force in 40 K. It's very difficult to shift. And, but my first love and I like, Dark angels have always been my chapter or my legion. So it is very hard to have an opportunity to start a new game and not go that route. Plus I don't ever play the bad guys. So, you know, anyway, yeah. that's where we are right now. Let's go that's easy. Where
0: We are right now. So this has been there a nice work, nice 30 minute intro. Uh, so we'll take a break here, and when we come back, we will talk about Dagox Stab Lads. And we are back, and we are ready to talk about Dagox Stab Lads, the next warband in the Death Gorge season of Warhammer Underworlds. Uh, these were previewed uh, a long time ago. Not a long time ago. When were they previewed? <laughs> feels like know. a long time ago. It does about feel like a long a time ago. ago. Yeah, about it's ago. about a month ago, right? Yeah. They were previewed at, at the, Worlds. At the World Championships of Warhammer. Um, so uh, we're not going to run through the fighter cards, you know, bit by bit. Um, the one thing that is worth calling out here um, is that this feels a lot like, I'm going to say Iron Skulls Boy's like 3.0. All right, so you got a destruction warband. You got four fighters. They're all sitting on four wounds. Uh, their move three um, for most of them. You got two guys with pretty garbage attacks, uh, uninspired. <laughs> you got two guys with decent attacks, uninspired. Um, the leader inspires to five wounds, and that's pretty sweet. Um, so, you know, it's like take everything that you like about Iron Skulls boys and then just make it better. Um, one of the things that they have is a plot card. And so that's the schemes plot card. I'm not going to read it out loud, but the idea is that there are some gambits that persist in ways that other gambits don't that you can then complete and put them under your plot card. And that will do some things for you. Uh, spoilers. It's completing objectives. objectives. Um But it gives you kind of a new way to play with Gambits uh, in a maybe more cunning way than people are necessarily used to. And maybe they could be brutal. Yeah. They could, yeah. (laughs) Maybe they're cunningly cunning or brutally brutal. Maybe. And a whole new twist on destruction. So, um, yeah. So things that are worth calling out, um, they all inspired a four move. Uh, Dagok Finkstealer has a nice reaction. It is a range 2 reaction called Cruel Cannon. Uh It is uh, range 2, 1 fury, 1 damage, attack action. Reaction after another friendly fighter's move action, this fighter makes this attack action. Targeting an enemy fighter adjacent to that fighter, this attack action cannot be modified. So it's a reaction a lot like um, Manox in that it triggers off of Your friendly fighters moves but it gives him another attack so he's basically got his own little wolf bite going on um so there's a good chance if you get things lined up right you might be able to make this attack multiple times per round and that's really good because he inspires when he deals damage to a second or subsequent fighter in the same phase um yep so yeah, we don't need to go through everything. I just said we're not going to go through everything. Uh, you <laughs> Sorry, can see too. pictures. I know uh, you. We just don't want to spend all the time talking about like talking about numbers. So um, they all get fairly accurate when they're inspired. Uh, they all go to two damage when they're inspired. Um, the other one, one that's worth talking about is Harkdahala. So this is our destructive. Sousaphone, the roar of Kragnos. This is a reaction after this fighter's activation. If this fighter did not make a super action, give this fighter one roar counter. While this fighter has one or more roar counters, this fighter supports other friendly fighters within two hexes. Clear this fighter's roar counters at the end of the phase. So we'll dig into this as we start talking about their playstyle. style, but um, kind of in some about of the game that... like You got just... now. What? Oh, well, all right. Just... Well, we'll keep going then. <laughs> That's fine. But in the games that we played, kind of a standard opening move for us was to move Hurt into the middle of the battlefield, and now he's got this nice radius of support for the rest of the warband. Um, yeah, so why don't we talk about Grack to Hook with his range 2 fighter and the snag reaction. Um, we've seen reactions like this before. Reaction used this during this fighter's attack action after the out-of-action check. Push the target hex, push the target one hex, then the combat sequence ends. So this is a lot like uh, Glissette's no um help me out here Jason what's his name hadzu hadzu's reaction where you can push the fighter in any direction um, it's tightened up the verbiage a little bit push the target one hex then the combat sequence ends so that's gonna skip the drive back step because this is the reaction after the check the out of action check um, you kind of maneuver people around and because it's range two you get a lot of flexibility and Where you can pull them, so you can pull them into adjacent to you, or a lot of different directions. Jags is just mean.
1: (laughs) I mean, Jags is Jags is one of my favorite fighters of the war. No, he's such a cool fighter. He's got the
0: dagger in his teeth and dagger on his back and dagger in his hand, and (laughs) he's got all the all the weapons. Um,
1: I think what I would add about the fighter, so like he has, yeah, Jags has three fury. For single damage with Grievous, his inspire, because all their inspires are different. His inspires is if you take a fighter out that already had wound counters on them, right? Um so but the four fighter warband, each will each one of them has their own utility. And that they are not like a very straightforward aggro war band, although they are aggro, like It's you have a tool for everything that you need to do and you kind of get have to get each fighter to synergize. Um, But really, where they start to take off is their plot card. So, Jared, what's their plot card?
0: No, I talked about this plot card, the schemes card. Oh, did you talk about it? I did talk about it. Sorry,
1: my my anger of work is still raging Uh, over.
0: Yeah, nothing, nothing like getting a phone call during the break between sections while recording a podcast. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, so, but I mean, that is a good point, And, you know, I think that's going to lead its itself towards maybe some of the favorite objectives that we want to see. Mm. So Let's do it. Jason, Jason, are you still sitting in your anger or are you ready to review a card? Um,
1: Still, I'm, I mean, I can review a card because okay. the plan worked. Right. And the yep. reason I'm aggravated at work is because the plan would have worked if we made a plan. <laughs> But there was no plan. There was no plan. So anyway, surge uh, score uh, this immediately after you put a second or subsequent scheme under your Warband's plot card in the same phase. Yeah. Um, we'll get to this more in depth when we get to the schemes, but it's kind of the shtick of the Warband. So you're going to want schemes, and they do some stuff that we like. So I think it's pretty easy to get two of them under yeah. your plot card.
0: And so this is just a reminder. These are like the three objectives that you want to see early in the game. This is what you're hoping to see early to get your seed glory going so that you can continue to be successful for the rest of the game. Um, Trace, you want to grab the next one?
2: Sure. I like some storied stabbing.
0: Who doesn't like some storied stabbing? Right. Duel. Scores in an end phase if
2: the number of friendly fighters out of action is lower than the round number and the number of enemy fighters out of action is equal to or greater than the round number.
0: That seems really important to get out early. hmm hmm Yep. No. Yeah.
2: It's, and it's two glory.
0: It's two glory. Way. It is two glory. It's two glory in phase. That coveted two glory in phase.
1: I think that it's going to be difficult if you're going into an elite warband, right? Yep. Um, but the fact that your fighters have four wounds having this earlier is pretty, it's a much easier to score. So yeah. Jared, I don't think you're the only one that's going to be playing this for a little while.
2: No. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Just no, cause the fighters are kind of sturdy. They yeah. have a decent profile for all of them. Yeah. And some of these objectives are really,
0: really good. Yeah. No, they, they look like, yeah, I think they're going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we've agree. had, we've had fun, thus far so i'm excited to see them out in the wild um all right so the last uh, objective that you want to see early is deceiving destiny so we got a nice uh, image of of all uh i want to say produce but it's not produce it's mm-hmm. um that's obran no, sir it's obran it's the it's the original Obrin, the proto the proto Brodus. Mm-hmm. um <laughs> Trying to smash Dagok with his giant mallet. Uh, this is a surge hybrid score. This immediately after an enemy fighters attack action that targeted a friendly leader. If that leader is surviving or that had a dice characteristic of three or more and failed. So, um, because of Dagok's reaction, you probably want him towards the front anyway. And in round one, the chances of him getting domed in a single attack, um, are pretty slim and this so it could be an attack that failed too right it doesn't have to damage him to hit that first condition um but if it has three or more dice and it fails then you trigger the second condition so I mean it doesn't have to be your leader then it does not have to be your leader then so so lots of flexibility
2: you know who's probably not going to miss though
0: who Lash beer. <laughs> that's probably true she is <laughs> poor Poor, poor Vexmore just does not inspire until Lashavir is dead. Um, Yeah. All right. So those are the objectives that we want. Uh, What are we thinking in terms of uh, gambits? And before we get into this, I just want to point out. So the way that we do this is that we all look at the cards separately. We each pick our three. And then we compile them together and we create a master list of the top three. And that's why sometimes in our reviews, you'll get like a bonus gambit or a bonus upgrade because we can't decide. And of the nine cards that were chosen, there was literally one discrepancy across the entirety of this podcast. So, and I'll come to that whenever we get there. <clears throat> yep. So we're, we're going to get a bonus gambit from Trace. But in the meantime... I'm gonna kick it back to Jason to give us the first gambit that we want to see early.
1: Yeah, so bust their ears. One, just because you know I like the art. It's got the horn, horn junior blowing the horn and busting some eardrums. Um, But it's it's a scheme, right? Play this only as described on its plot card. In the turn in which this card is turned face up, friendly fighters supported. Uh, are considered to be. I'm sorry. Are considered to have one additional supporting fighter. So he's supporting twice. And then the condition which this is, goes away and is placed under your plot card is a friendly fighter makes an attack action supported by Haruk. Yep. Um, and it's obviously restricted him. Which the restrict this restriction add is really nice because then it can be, um, it can be cycles salvaged. if he's out. So. Yep. 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 Um, but I really like this one. I think, I truly think that playing mid board and getting him to that mid board with um, a horn counter or a roar counter um, is going to be very, very beneficial. And this really um, can make your leader's little wolf bite attack pretty extremely pretty, accurate. Pretty spicy. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so it's on a single die for a Fury, but now if he's double supported, it counts no, as a, a single it's die. It's a hammer. For, it's better than a hammer. No, it's a hammer
1: on. No, the, when he's on. A uninspired. hammer when he's
0: inspired. Yeah, oh, is it? It's a Fury uninspired. Fury, I Fury uninspired. I was yep. looking at the inspired side. Yeah, and that doesn't count as a modification. Yep. So yep, yep, it yep. still goes through. And so I think this is a good time to talk about this because um, we talked about it in the pre show. So, on the plot card, it says each scheme persists until you meet the condition described on the card. When you do so, put the scheme under this card. Um, so, in previous rulebooks, there was verbiage in the rulebook around persisting gambits that persisting gambits, persisting effects, went away at the end of the round. The Death Gorge rulebook does not have that caveat. In the persisting gambit section of the Death Gorge rulebook, it just says that gambits that persist persist until... They say that they don't persist anymore. And so there is no like, so don't get trapped in old versions, right? Like I think a lot of us as if we've been playing this game for six years, like we get trapped in previous editions of the rule book. So just know that like you put this scheme down, it's going to stick around like past the end phase. So yeah. just yep. keep that in yeah. mind and not just this game, but any other scheme. I think it's important to note too that like it can end
2: before the end of the end phase or it can persist through depending on whether the condition is met. And that's kind of the point that we were discussing at the beginning. And that's what I was trying to get my point across Mm -hmm. to you, Jason was like it can be either it can either end before or it can end it can persist through the end of the round. So it depends on the scheme that you put down depending on if conditions met or
1: not. Yeah. Yeah. I think the other. Um, nuance or thing that the player is really going to have to grasp. with these key schemes are is I play the schemes in your power step, right? So before my turn, but when I play them, they're face down. So you, my opponent, have no knowledge of what I'm trying to set up, right? Yep. Then I activate and they turn face up and I get the benefits of those schemes. Yep. <clears throat> the, Round happens. If they trigger, they go underneath my plot card. If they don't, and it goes into my power step, I can return any of those persisting schemes back into my hand. Right? So that's why in the pre-show I was trying to get this clarification is I go through four activations. Let's say I play two schemes and they don't trigger and they're still persisting. I go into the end phase. I draw up to five cards. Yeah. Then I go to the end of activation one of my activation. And then I can pick those up and I can redeploy now seven power cards as I see fit. Always kind of giving this illusion of, you don't really know what's coming. You know, I have these two cards cause you saw me pick them up, but you don't know what I'm playing or what I'm trying to set up. And that's why I really like the scheme mechanic. Yeah. Um, I just I think it it adds an element of surprise, which these orcs, because they are the swampy, skinnier orcs, are more cunning than brutal. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like, I mean, there's a good chance that you could have seven, eight power cards in your hand. Like, you're gonna get some pretty sick card draw. Like you could just if you have a handful of schemes, you could just dump them all in the last in your last power step. Now you've got an empty power hand going into the end phase. You're like, well, I guess I'm just going to draw up to five and then pick up these four schemes. So now you don't, you have no idea what card I'm going to play.
1: Yeah, uh, just, that's they a good have, point, Jason. They have to be played. Yeah. In your power They're step.
0: played in, in my, if I'm mm-hmm. playing it, they're played in my power step face down and then and revealed
2: the next round. They flip your yep. next, they flip your next. At the next start time, so. of my
0: next turn. So. Yep. yep. So after your power step. All that stuff. So, uh, speaking of schemes and thinking, we liked outfink them. So, this is a scheme. Play this only as described on its plot card. In the turn in which this card is turned face up, when an opponent plays a power card, draw two power cards. Condition you draw your second or subsequent card since this card was turned face up, other than by using a player action. So, uh, we like this one. Um, I like it for two reasons. One, you get to draw two power cards anytime your opponent plays a power card. Two, it adds an element of control to this warband because you can reveal this and now your opponent has to decide is don't, it worth don't giving to play this or not. <laughs> yeah, do, is it worth putting this upgrade on to give my opponent two more power cards or Am I not going to do that and try to make other things work? And I think that the reality is that most players have built their power deck to play the power cards. So by playing this game, I think more often than not, it's, it's easy to score, right? I mean, it's easy to accomplish. All you, yeah. all you have to do is just draw two cards, which will happen as soon as your opponent plays a power card. So it's an easy scheme to accomplish and complete. And it just feeds your power hand even more. So, it's it's definitely the Finkin man's scheme for sure.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's probably my favorite one because it puts pressure on your opponent to evaluate what they f- feel is is more powerful to give you more courage. Or, yeah, or not play an upgrade or whatever. So, yeah,
0: I like it. All right, Trace, I'm going to give you the next two. So well, I'm going to go the not
2: thinking man's thing and go rush him. Rush him, which is a scheme. Play this only as described on the plot card and the turn in which this card is turned face-up, plus one move to friendly fighters. Condition. A friendly fighter's move action ends five or more hexes from where it started and adjacent to one or more enemy fighters. Things you're going to want to do anyway with, you know, stabbing McStabberson. Um, Yep. So, yeah. It's just nice and simple. You get a plus one move, and if they're inspired... You're moving five, which achieves this condition. Yep. And then you score cards,
0: which is great. Or, or crack. So crack to hook and score uninspired. Yeah. So yep. He's, he's moved yep. four out the gate.
2: Yep.
1: Well, listen, this, this card is so much more complex than just the plus one move. Like oh, this helps positioning with your leader, getting within two to really achieve what he needs to achieve by, you know, doing the, the Reactions. move attack. Yeah. yeah. Because, like, let's say they all your, let's say all your fighters are inspired, right? They're already, they already achieved that. So they're all moving five. It specifically says the condition is ends five or more hexes from where it started. Not that you moved five hexes, that right. you end more than five hexes. So you might have to like get around somebody. And then when you draw the line back through the your opponent, you're really only, three hexes hexes away, four hexes 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 away, then it allows the scheme to stay in play for somebody else to get the plus one move.
0: Yep. Yep. Or you use your range two attack. Right. And so you don't end adjacent.
1: Yeah. Yep. So So you can
0: move five or you can move five more hexes away from where you started. As long as you don't end adjacent to an enemy fighter. So you've just yeeted yourself across the board. And now the rest of your warband can still... Continue to eat. Yep, to move the additional plus one.
2: It's yeah. really good. It's good. There's a reason this one's this one was universal <laughs> across <laughs> yeah, all yeah. three of us. Yep. Um, but I oh, will. Oh, I see
0: why you picked the last one. Yeah, because what what haven't we picked?
2: So the thing that ninety percent of the time when we talk on this podcast about what is powerful in this game. And everybody's probably screaming it that's listening to it. It's, to it it's, it's a push. Yep. Nobody said anything about a push. Well, I'm going to say something about a push. You should. So this is cruel teamwork. Choose two friendly fighters. Choose uh, push each chosen fighter one hex. This is two people being pushed.
0: That's really good. Two. That's really good.
2: So in a positional aggro warband being able to push two fighters is huge. So it's, I honor. agree. it's
1: my yeah. honorable mention to this. Yeah. No, no conditions play. other than you have to have two friendly yeah. fighters, right? Just, like you yeah, they can true. push yeah. them you do have any way you to want to. Yep. Choose two.
0: Yep. Yep. That's yep. It's pretty good. All right, Jason, what do we want for the upgrade side? Let's see. Tabs over big bully you you are a big bully
1: <laughs> um you know it it is restricted to everyone but the leader
0: i believe sure. yep that is correct um, Herb, jags and Grack.
1: yep and it's plus one wounds nice so five wounds you know five five wounds it's a risk for the two the two glory but five wounds is pretty tough to get through and not not just having one fighter that has five wounds, but now you have two fighters in a warband that have five wounds. So, yeah. yeah.
0: Seems pretty good. Seems yeah. pretty good. Yep. All right. What else we like, Trace?
2: Well, I'm going to continue stacking on these defensive buffs and say that death proof. deaf proof. D E F F. Yep. Proof. Plus one defense while one or more of your warband schemes are persisting. Yep. And then the flavor text is. I knew you was gonna do that," says Dagok. Thanks, dealer
0: Dagok, thanks, Yep, yeah. And so we just talked about how you can kind of force some schemes to persist yep. until you're ready for them to not. Yep. Um, and this is this this is a great opportunity to take advantage of that. Um, yeah. So the last upgrade that we all agreed on was cruel braggart. Uh, this is a Good reaction one. I upgrade. Like this one a lot. After you put a scheme under your Warband's plot card, gain one glory paint and break this card. So wow. Just just get a, glory. get a glory, not an objective, so it's not tied to your objective deck. Just get a glory for doing what this Warband wants to do anyway. Um, and it's not restricted, so it's not restricted to Dagok, which you know, like you would think would be the case. So any of these thinking orcs can uh can gain some glory just by doing what this warband wants to do i
2: think in the rivals setting this is really 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 powerful yes in your nemesis setting this kind of loses value a little bit um because you may not have as many schemes that you're trying to play
0: yeah maybe so or maybe you just stack the schemes
2: or you stack all schemes either way i'm just i'm just saying like it's just something to consider depending on what pairing you have for
0: that yeah i I agree yeah that's i mean because i think that this warband could play like their inspiration can mechanic is not yeah, tied to schemes at all no Mm-mm. so i don't think that you have to go heavy in that regard for nemesis Mm-mm.
2: nope
0: cool um trace you've said it a couple times what are we going to call this play style positional aggro yeah get them in the right spot and then crump them or i mean you could kind
2: of play it flex. You could say it was flex a little bit, maybe.
0: Yeah, I think there's some flex into doing schemes, <laughs> scoring just by doing schemes. Yeah. And aggro. Yeah. Yep. I think it's
2: pretty diverse. There's a lot of tools in the toolbox. It's very toolboxy.
0: Yeah. Jason, what boards do we like?
1: Those those ones. Those ones. <laughs> um
0: then we say glacial tomb glacial tomb and yeah i close frost racked ruins
1: I, I close that tab yep oh those are the two yeah the yep. two
2: the those are the same side of the same board there's a different side of the same board right yes they are yeah. yeah so just take that whatever one says glacial tomb that's a good one to start with <laughs> to try yeah. it out with yeah, yeah
1: I th- just think glacial tomb and frost wrecked ruins give you position no matter what where the boards are laid out how they're positioned because you i don't think you really want to be right on the line i i would prefer like the second row would be my preference to where to deploy um because i want that scrum in the middle i want the you know the horn to be supporting i want my leader to be using his range two to poke at everybody um really it's the other the other two guys that i need to make charges with to kind of trigger the other yeah. stuff so and, and you know we don't want to just lose a fighter right away so
0: right yeah i mean four wounds is nice but it's not invincible no
1: yeah so I was counting the reason that I didn't have that pulled up is because I was just counting the schemes. I think there's five in total. So half the power deck um, okay. from rivals. Uh, you know, I do think that most of them transition. You probably build with three or four. And then the nice thing is yep. is there is card draw in the in their deck. Yeah. So even if you want to trim down to the three or four, chances are you're probably getting them out. Um, but I you know, I just think it's a really cool mechanic, and I think that most of the schemes are something you're going to want to he- have anyway. So,
0: yeah, I agree. There are six schemes. Yep.
1: Other oh, six, okay.
0: six, you missed, you probably missed the last one. Take that hit.
1: Probably probably or just, um,
0: no. so speaking of schemes, how are we scheming against them?
1: Don't group up.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah don't, don't pile up. You're, don't going to lose up a scrum match. Them yeah with yeah, all the supports and you got Dagok's reaction and hurt roaring at you with his sousaphone of death,
1: yeah, I just yeah. just remember that two hexes is kind of their sweet spot, right? You have two fighters that attack from two hexes away. You have a supporter that or a, a guy that supports from two hexes away. Um, so the more you clump up, the more efficient they become with those attack actions and the supports, It's, it's almost like playing against Manok, but they don't have the move shenanigans that they have, but they have yeah. more attack shenanigans. So
0: yeah. And tougher fighters. They don't have any soft targets like Manok does. So
1: all, orcs um, are soft.
0: well, that does, those, those aren't orcs, <laughs> not in Manok's. Them's is Hobgrots and Grots. Um, I think the other thing is probably want to aim for Dagok. If you can eliminate the extra attacks out of them. Yeah, if you that's can. It's probably a good idea.
2: It's a cut the head off the snake type yeah.
0: approach. I mean it, it's not gonna cripple the war band. No. It's not but, like it's not like taking out Manok.
2: But you're taking but you're taking a lot of opportune opportunistic attacks out of the equation yep. by
0: potentially removing Dagok. And if he's inspired, you get two glory. Yep. So that's nice. Uh what are we thinking for Nemesis pairing? Uh
2: Void curse draws all day yeah. and twice on Sunday. Cool.
1: Yeah, I yeah. think I just think with the repositioning that Void Curse allows you to have and the fact that they're more attacks. Yeah, those those are move actions gives yeah. you more opportunity to lean into the poke, poke, stab, stab. Um and trust me, if you can get him to be efficient with those multiple attacks, we've seen that wolf bite and Ripa just do so yeah. much work over the years, and this is a range two wolf bite. Like it's yeah.
0: it is only one damage, right? Like it's never gonna get two damage. Yeah, but if but you can it's still
2: but if you can get something like um what you call it that gives you grievous on it as a void karst fighter
1: too. Hmm? I don't think it can be modified at all though.
0: Yeah. I think grievous accounts as a modification. Does it? Yeah. Well. but still like, I mean, refashion reactions, refraction. Well, yeah. Priorities. Those, those
2: two, those two things alone are what I thought of. And then the, um, forced movements. Yeah. Like those are the three things that I thought of in conjunction with this. What's one particular fighter that I was like, Oh, that could be gross.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. Could be good times. Right. We seem pretty hot on them. Jason, what are we calling the new player rating?
1: I think they're silver. Like I, I do think that there's a lot of play here. Um, they have the wound pool to kind of to get in there with the the ping meta that we're currently in. But those schemes and the way that you have to kind of go through your power deck and pick and choose the, the tool that you need, it just keeps them away from being a gold Yeah, I agree.
0: Cool.
2: I do think that they'll struggle against something that doesn't want to play their game.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Like, if... So a good example is, like, the Stormsire with Force of Frost passive stuff. Like, that... Yeah. You're just not playing what they want to do, and they're going to struggle against that.
1: But I think that's pretty...
2: That's universal, though. So yeah,
1: but that's what kind of where the meta like I shouldn't even say meta. The, where this game, yeah, where this game is kind of kind of is is there are going to be hard counters because I mean, what are we at like seventy seven warbands? I'm exaggerating, but you know we're not by much. yeah, but not by many. We're yeah. whatever it is, forty or fifty warbands in. Um, you're just going to have different play styles that that don't fit yeah. what that warband is trying to do. Um, I do think that they will struggle against hard-hitting elite warbands just because of the positioning um, yeah. factor, and their defense um, stats
0: aren't super great either. Yeah, yeah. They, but, they don't do a lot of damage either, and that's the thing. Like none of them goes to three damage. They get all get pretty accurate, but two damage without gambits and upgrades is as, as far as you're getting out of them.
1: Yeah. So I just I, I think that that's where we are in the game. The life cycle of the game is this this is a very cool war band with very cool flavor with very cool mechanic. It's not going to, you know, and I could be wrong. Like I, it's not, but I just don't think it's going to dominate every matchup. I think it's going to be very serviceable. Very good. I think that this and void curse thralls are a match made in heaven because the player that likes void curse with the, the extra thinking that goes into setting up all the moves and all the, the tricks that, that um, rivals deck has kind of fits in with what they want to do too. Um, So I think that we're going to get some really fun builds out of it. And I can't wait for, you know, someone to really unlock um, all the the schemes and shenanigans that they have. So excited to see them out there.
0: Yeah. It'll be good. good. Yeah. Cool. Well, we'll take a break. And when we come back, we will talk about malevolent masks.
1: And we're back to talk about Malevolent, blah blah, 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 blah,
0: I asked you to run us through it just because I wanted you to say Malevolent, Jason.
1: I can't say that word. Malevolent, Malevolent, Malevolent. Forget this.
0: <laughs> M masks.
2: Just just lean into it. Just lean into it. M masks.
1: masks. <laughs> <laughs> So we're here to talk about this this violent mask deck. I don't know what nice. it's called.
0: <laughs> Mad masks.
1: It's male and violent.
0: <laughs> it's not even close to that. I love you, Jason.
1: Right. Oh, fantastic! Malevolent fantastic. Masks, malevolence. Is there masks. a plot card? There is no plot card.
0: Ah, oh, championship players rejoice. <laughs>
1: Oh my goodness! It's not plot or locked. lament,
0: depending on the. <laughs> or yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, how much ping is in this deck, J.K.
1: <laughs> but it's a very <laughs> interesting deck. Uh, very, um, very timely to come out with with the the orcs. Um, excited for it to get there, but it's a little bit a little bit different. I I think this kind of falls into the void curse kind of style of deck. Um. You know, it's got light hold, but otherwise it's flexible, Uh, but it builds kind of slow. But where do we want to like kind of start with objectives? So if it builds slow and we have these masks, what uh, what objective do we want to start with?
0: So I think we have to pick objectives that don't deal with the masks. So all of the masks in this deck are upgrades. So you need glory to apply them. Um,
1: Wait, I so, can't just put them on for free?
0: No, man.
1: Oh, man.
0: I know, right? Godsworn Hunt, Players Lament. <laughs> um, so I think what we want to see early out of this deck is Feast of Violence. It's a feast? Uh, it is a Feast of Violence. A Feast of violence.
1: Mal, Mal-vi- malviolence. 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 Uh, this
0: is a Surge Duel, so it's a little trickier um to set up being a duel but it is very straightforward to play score this immediately after a friendly fighter's attack action if that was the third or subsequent range 1 or range 2 attack action made by a friendly fighter in the same phase and each of those activations was made in a different activation step so you're not going to see the glory from this uh until until at least round 3 round 3 unless you somehow have Actions that are reactions to your opponent's activations, right? So, um, but they don't have to be successful attacks. They can be range one or two. Dang, it's like we just reviewed a warband that has two range two fighters mm-hmm. or something. Interesting.
1: Mm-hmm. Just making anyway, making attacks. That's all. It's pretty it. straightforward. I still yep. don't
2: love this deck for them, but we'll keep going.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, I don't. No, I. <laughs> I was just trying to keep it timely. I'm
1: with you. I'm with you. All right. But it's it's a pretty easy surge scoring you know, late round one. Yes. Okay. Trace, yep. what else do we want in the, the objective deck?
2: So after three attack actions, you're going to hopefully score Hooded Stranger. Score this in an end phase if one or more friendly fighters with a mask upgrade are in enemy territory. When you score this objective, if there are no enemy fighters adjacent to one or more of those friendly fighters, gain one additional glory point.
0: Nice. Coveted two glory in phase.
2: Yeah. And if you're making attack actions, you've probably crossed the line at some point. Hope so. So hopefully you're over there and you've killed something. And with that kill, you've put on your mask and nobody's adjacent to you. So you score an additional glory.
0: That's the hope. Yep. Yeah. Or you and, could put it on the fourth fighter and just yeah, that's fine. walk too. in. Whatever.
1: Just walk them in, get across. You maybe don't play the mask upgrade until the last, until power, the last phase. power phase. Yeah. And then yeah. put it on and Yep. Yeah. Oh. Yep. And you can make a choice. Like maybe it's you spend a glory to get a glory, right? Like just cycle yep. the cycle, even if, if you are adjacent. Okay. Awesome. Yep. Um so the last uh last objective we have. Is a good solid spread. So this one's score in the end phase. If there are one or more friendly fighters in your territory, no one's territory and enemy territory. And I, the reason I think that this one has to come out early is you have to have enough fighters to achieve this. to Actually do it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> this is very much an objective that I would have said a couple seasons ago. Like this objective is silly. It's stupid. Like, three fighters in three different territories, but the way that the game is played now, this happens more than we, we think like you just happen to have your fighters in each of the territories, especially early game. Once this goes late game and, you know, and if I'm building a deck, I, this one might get cut out, but when you're just playing the rivals, we want it early. Cause again, the first three objectives that we're looking for is just to get more seed glory, to get more mask upgrades out. Yep. Okay. So that's, that's objectives. Um, you'll notice that in this deck, when you get, you know, see the, the full preview, there are a number of objectives for like standing on an objective, um, or a certain master. Yeah. Odd or an even. And or odd it's or, not
0: standing on it is hold. Yeah. Holding. Yep.
1: Holding. You're correct. Yep. Um, um, those are fairly easy to score, but again, what we're trying to do is get you the sea glory to get those, get yeah. to those objectives. So if they are the first objectives that you see with, without being able to kill somebody, um, it may stall your deck. Now, if you're playing a very aggro war band and you feel that you can get your sea glory from stabbing someone in the face, then by all means, yeah. those objectives may work better for yeah. you. And
0: it is important to note that the there are surges, and there's hold surges that yep. are after any activation step. So yep, a lot of the surge hold enemy. objectives right now are after an enemy's activation. Yep. So it gives your opponent a chance to counter. I think the caveat, it's a trade, right? You have to have a mask, so now you can score it during your activation.
1: Yep. Yep. And do we have one just to read it? read what a mask or no one of the one of, one of the objectives so it's oh, yeah, 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 yeah so
0: vision of Go ahead. vision of success surge hybrid score this immediately after an activation step if a friendly fighter with a mask upgrade holds an objective with an even value or your warband holds three or more objectives one or more of which are in no one's and or enemy territory so the other one is a friendly fighter with a mask upgrade holds an Objective with an odd value, or your warband holds two or more objectives, one or more of which are in no one's and/or enemy territory. Yeah, that one's a little so, easier because it's odd and it could be in your territory. It's odd and it's odd. It's odd and um, only hold two. You yeah. know, so vision of success is definitely more difficult because there are only two even-numbered objectives, or you have to hold three. But that's what they are. So audacious aspect and vision of. Success.
1: Awesome. Are the hold. So I'm just going to move us right into Gambits because now we have a bunch of objectives. Um, the Gambits, I'm going to go with the the Hooded Rush. So choose a friendly fighter with one or more upgrades. Again, we need that seed glory to kind of get this going. Push the chosen fighter one hex. Oh, I like pushes. If the chosen fighter was a mask upgrade, you can push the chosen fighter two hexes instead. So we love the pushes. Yes, you need to have an upgrade out. But two hexes to set up an attack or to get on an objective. Woo, nice. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yes. Trace, what's uh, what's another gambit that we're looking for?
2: There's a lot of text on this card I'm about to read. This is revealed <laughs> aspect. Um, pick one. Draw one power card. Okay. Draw a card. Pick. That one's pretty easy, right? Play a card, draw a card. That's yep. not Net te- zero. That's not the text I'm talking about, though. Okay. Or choose a friendly fighter, including fighters who are out of action with one or more upgrades. Add one of those upgrades to your hand, then give the chosen fighter one upgrade from your hand or power, or power discard pile. Do not spend any glory points when you do so. What do we want to do with this deck, gentlemen? Put what on? masks you can do that for free and is that what i'm understanding correctly
0: yep you can take a mask that you've already put on a fighter and put it on another fighter yep without having to pay the glory for it yep. which is pretty nice
2: pretty good moving moving buffs around is nice yeah
1: or so, you can pull a card out of your discard pile and put it back on them that's correct
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so, so
0: yeah it's cool we'll get to why being able to pull things out of your discard pile is important Yes. Once we get to the masks. Okay.
1: Yeah. Jared, bring us home on
0: on what? Yeah, so Unveiled Ambitions. Search your power deck for a mask upgrade. Reveal that card and add it to your hand. Then shuffle any remaining cards in your power deck. So not just draw a, any card. Draw exactly the card that you want.
1: Yeah. Search and it for a mask. And you want it
0: early because you know, it gives you the opportunity to get the masks in your power hand early. You may not have any masks left if you have this card late. So... Anybody yeah. want to
2: do an honorable mention of Possessive um, Crouch or no?
0: No. All right. Nope. That's fair. Yeah, I'm totally. I'm convinced that Revealed Aspect is a better card okay. than Possessive Crouch coming in early. Actually, I'm not really sure why I didn't peel, pick Revealed Aspect. But, oh, there is an, an, an honorable mention that I think that we need to bring up. I got to find it. Uh, where is it? So this is not one you want early at all, but it is super cool. So this is mask born. Choose a friendly fighter with a mask upgrade that is out of action. Nope. Oh, all it right. Is. So you have to have somebody out of action, right? You, you're hoping for that. Not early. Yep. Right. Yep. All right. Place the chosen fighter on a starting hex in your territory. The chosen fighter then makes one action. After the following search step, the chosen fighter is taken out of action. When the chosen fighter is taken out of action in this way, they have no bounty. The chosen fighter makes one action. A super action is a special type of action. Oh my! So I guess you could charge, if even if you can't charge, you could still make an attack action with this fighter. Maybe the masks have actions on them. I mean, it doesn't say. Maybe you need say, to do actions for masks.
2: It doesn't specify that you can't take a super action. So.
0: Yeah. So that might need clarification because I know that the wording changed in the death Guard rule book between actions and super actions, but like super actions, a very specific kind of thing. But, um, and then, uh, after the following search step, the chosen fighter is taken out of action when the chosen fighter is taken out of action in this way, they have no yeah, bounty. So you get to bring them back on and then you don't have to pay for them dying again.
1: Yeah. The one, so. the one action is very there may need to be some clarification there. Right. Because yeah, like, yeah. an at like a super action is a com- combination of multiple combination of actions, actions. Right. Yeah. And it's one yeah. action. So I think the intent is just one action, like a move or attack, um, yep. but still a very, very powerful card. And then if you combine that with, um, uh, the revealed aspect, like you can literally like give a, a fighter that's out of action, a mask upgrade, right? You add one of those upgrades to your hand and give the chosen fighter one upgrade from your hand or power discard pile. So you could like put a mask on them to bring them back with yeah. mask born. And then, you know, if we have the ultimate combo, you just hooded rush them and push them to, to get them into position to take a swing. Um, just really, really, really fun combos. Maybe not all fire the way they're supposed to, or have all that combination of cards when you need them. Um, but it is the first time that we've seen interaction with out of action fighters other than reviving them. So, yep. And then also, it's worth noting, too, that those
2: actions, all the mask upgrades are mostly
0: actions to do. Yep. So, yeah. There's a lot of things. Most of there's them are of like options. active things that you want to do. Yeah. Like that yep. are going to help you in further activations, but yeah.
2: But like, there's a couple that are like attacks or whatever. So there's things that you can yep. do with those.
1: Cool. Cool. So, I mean, speaking of the masks. Speaking of masks, <laughs> Jared, what yeah. mask would you like yeah. to pick for an upgrade?
0: Um, what mask do I want? Uh, I'm going to pick. Did I actually pick this one? Yeah. Okay. We were we were pretty split on this deck. By the way, friendly listeners. So um, Envy's Shroud. Oh, yeah. This one makes sense for us. This one's
2: universal across all of us, though.
0: This is a mask. Plus (laughs) one wounds. When you give this to a fighter, if that fighter has other upgrades, any other upgrades, break those cards. You cannot give this fighter upgrades other than mask upgrades. Uh, The flavor text is not attributed to a fighter, but is instead attributed to the mask itself. And it says, mine, Envy Shroud. So this mask is laying claim to you. It destroys all of your upgrades. And you can't take any other upgrades other than masks. But it does give you plus one wound. So if you have a pretty decent fighter profile, just bump them up. So bump somebody from three to four wounds or four to five wounds. Or it could be Kanan and go from six to seven wounds.
1: <laughs> yeah, there because is no, no, it's no not, large. It's
0: not... Yeah, it's not restricted to non-large fighters. Or Mala could go to eight. Mala could go to eight wounds. That sounds horrible.
1: (laughs) Okay. Well, the the next um, mask that we're going to select here is the internal smile. Mask, when a fighter has two two mask upgrades, break one. And then it gives them a action, which is... rictus thank you rictus of carnage plus one damage to this fighters range one range two attack actions other than scything attack actions until the end of the round um so so you're putting on an upgrade to take an action to give plus one damage um pretty i mean it is a bit high cost but we don't see a whole lot of plus one damage so nope I think it's pretty cool and I like extra damage and if I'm playing a three fighter warband what do I care if I'm burning an action to do it that's right Not a will, lot. and it lasts to the end of the, of the round
0: too, too, so yeah. Kanan goes to five damage <laughs> <laughs> I see a theme or the wielder team. of the blade goes to five damage or more if he's got some wetted tokens Again, there's still a theme, which
2: we'll get to yep. in just a minute. <laughs> okay. Yep. Um, so the last upgrade is Vitrix Vitrix's eye. Mask. When a fighter has two or more two mask upgrades, break one. Piercing stare action. The spider makes the following attack action. Range three, two smash, one damage. Grievous
1: one and cleave. Not a, it's not a bad attack action upgrade.
2: Range profile. Yeah.
0: But is it attack action
1: upgrade? Hmm. I don't think. No, it's it? not. I don't know. I don't yeah. know.
0: Oh, you know what? I don't. Where is a card that has that is an attack action? Because I think that cards that are attack actions say like attack action on them, don't they?
2: I mean, it says Whoa. this fighter makes, makes the funny. following attack
0: action. Oh, yeah. But is that the only way to make that attack action or? Are there so other? So is ways it the
2: action? It is it the piercing action? Piercing stare action you're taking or is it an attack action?
0: I think you're taking the piercing stare action, which lets you make the following attack action. Um, let me find one. What do we got? The dark water anchor. Nope. Cursed boarding axe. Ah. So I'm going to say that this is not an attack action upgrade because it does not have the attack action keyword at the top of the card. As Hmm. opposed to the attack action bolded word, which is not a keyword in the rulebook. It just is to provide emphasis and clarity for...
2: Interesting.
0: So I'm looking specifically at the Cursed Boarding Axe from the Much Maligned Deadly Depths Rivals deck. And the Cursed Boarding (laughs) Axe says attack action at the top. And then it gives the attack action profile.
1: I mean, just to bring something a little more current and relevant. Current and relevant. (laughs) Force of Frost. Iceburn Blade says spell attack action. Spell attack action.
0: What about the Force of, or the the Everwinter Staff? Attack action. Attack action. Okay. Nice. Yeah. All right. So this is not an attack action. Attack action. So you cannot do this as part of a charge, is what I'm reading. Yes. Because a charge is an action.
2: A, Piercing stare is an a, action.
0: Yes. Oh. So if it's not an attack action upgrade, mm-hmm. does that mean that you could put this on a Zarnby?
1: I believe so. I believe or a, so.
0: Or a doggy. Or a doggy.
1: I think I think that that's where the spice of this card lies.
0: Oh, my gosh. There's a there's a witch hunter dog running around with a with a laser one-eyed, my ball with a one eyed bandana wrapped around its face <laughs> shooting laser beams. I love it. I That's awesome. I
1: think it's cool. I, I think it is a. A cool upgrade and a way to get around, like you know, beasts people that cannot take attack action upgrades. So,
0: I mean, Kindle fingers already got one eye. So, what does this hurt him?
1: <laughs> okay. Don't All don't right. give that don't go. give
2: that dude any more buffs.
1: Um, the other thing too is so, void curse would still block it though, right? Because you can't take any actions other than what's correct. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, cool. So I kind of went through our um, thoughts introducing the deck, right? It's kind of like a light hold, um, but otherwise flexible deck. It has a little aggro, has a little bit of everything in there, a lot of tricks. Um, the key for this deck is to get that glory, like one or two glory early so it can start to snowball and, and score the other objectives. Um, but what, what play style or war band do we want with it? Whatever you want, whatever whatever yeah. we want,
0: right? Yeah, yeah. So b- boards wise, you're just gonna pick whatever matches with your the warband that you pick and right. kind of what they're yep. trying to do. Um, I think if you're playing against this, you need to target the things that have masks on, yep. even though people can bring them back or pull them off of dead fighters. But it just it's gonna burn your opponent's resources if you're making them do that. But Jason, I think I mean I'm gonna I'm gonna flip it back to you because I think that you're the one that is. Probably the most excited about resurrecting maybe an older war band with this deck. So who do we like with them for a <laughs> nemesis pairing?
1: Um I think that there is some really cool interactions with Exile Dead. Um yeah. you know, the the whole Regulus Markov, you take an action um wording kinda on their uh, on his puppeteer action. Yeah. Um can lead to some cool mask interactions. Uh, I do think that the skeletons may have some play in this as well. Yeah. Um, really like, I think that anyone that can res back onto the board is going to see some really good pairings with this. Um, but I also think that, you know, I probably wrong and that someone will find some weird, weird combination with vampires and this will be like Head the tracker. next <laughs> Yeah. The next, uh, the next best thing. I, I like these decks that are not straightforward, and there's a little different mechanic in there. So, yeah any yeah. any warbands you guys are excited to try with it?
2: No, but like I was saying, the the theme that kept coming up was warbands. You could bring fighters back it was kind of my yeah my thing. Like if you can get a mask on a fighter, and then they can you can bring them back to continue to utilize that mask. It's big. So any warband that can do that, I think, is a big winner with this deck
1: yeah it, it just has like there's that one card displacing figurine which is an mm-hmm. upgrade and it's like an action and you pick an objective in an empty hex place this fighter on the objective you pick and then of course you give them a charge token but i think of like you know whole style war bands that um oh my goodness the storm cast with the big bows right like
0: storm of celestis
1: yeah celestis yeah because yeah,
0: they have objective shenanigans already built into their deck. So this like just doubles down on that.
1: Yeah. And what is, isn't there inspire? Oh my goodness. I got to look them up. It's been so long since. Storm
0: it. of Celestis. They inspire if uh, they, they make, make the a great bow. A attack. Great bow. Oh, it
1: specifically says great bow. I was like, is it just a range yeah. three attack? Cause like you could no, totally get away
0: bow. with that. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. That'd be funny laser beams
1: <laughs> yeah i just i really think it's kind of like a you know a void curse style of deck like it's just different and it's gonna yep. take some playthroughs um the only concern and we've mentioned about a hundred times is the fact that to get the the objectives and items to fire in this is you need upgrades out which kind of you need to make sure that you start strong to to get it to to flow so um yeah. with that what is our new player rating?
0: Bronze. Yes. Yep, it's bronze. I think just because of how slow this deck is going to be to build glory.
1: And actions are nothing to to shake a stick at, right? We only get 12 of them throughout yep, the game. And you're going to
0: be spending some of them to not charge or move or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yep. Makes sense to me.
1: Well, awesome guys. We've gotten through both the the masks deck and the new warband. So we will take a break for the outro. And we're back
0: and that will wrap up this, the 56th episode of the Battle Mallet Podcast. Um, as always, we want to say thank you for taking the time to listen, um, to join us as we talk about dagok stab lads and the mal violent masks <laughs> um <laughs> just uh, a reminder um you you know like everybody that's uh, uh on the social medias we really want you to smash that like and subscribe button um you can see uh all of the artwork and painting that we've been up to on the twitter and instagram we are battle mallet one on twitter Battle mallet pcast on instagram battle mallet podcast on facebook we have a discord server um so if you want to join us and just chat um the link is in the show notes uh we're also publishing our podcast to youtube i know that there are a lot of people that listen to podcasts that can't use podcast players while they're at work but they can listen to youtube pretty sure that we're battle mallet podcast on youtube but there'll be a link to the youtube channel in our show notes Um, i think that's it as far as the needful goes Uh, we do want to shout out Um, two of the bigger upcoming events uh, in the U S. So as we come out of the holidays, just remember that at the beginning of February and end of February, there is LVO and the Cherokee open respectively, both of which will have the opportunity to win your way into the world championships of Warhammer likely occurring in a year from now. Um, I know that trace has already purchased his ticket to the Cherokee open Uh, It's a pretty easy trip for us. It's about four hours from where we are. Um, It's not super conveniently located to uh, any major airports, but it's convenient enough if you don't mind a rental and you'll be in a great facility. Um, Beautiful scenery like we talked about last episode. Um, And then LVO, obviously it's in Vegas. It's Frontline Gaming's big event. Um, There'll be a ton of people there um, playing Warhammer Underworlds. just another opportunity to try to, to try to make it to the championships. Uh, anything else? Any closing thoughts, remarks, concerns? Um, entries,
1: I'm, just, riddles? I'm just hooked on this mask deck. Like i Oh I'm yeah, you're mad, digging through it right now. Mad scientist this up already. I'm I'm excited I just love to it. see it.
0: I love it. Cool. Well, uh, for the Battle Mallet podcast, we are the Echo guys. The frostbitten veil and the howling hood. This is Jared signing out.
1: Interrupting Cal saying bye. Jason, table to <laughs> Get the hell out of here. Peace. Oh, go Bills.
0: Battle Mallet podcast is protected under the Creative Commons license. If you have further questions as to its use, you can find more information via links on podcast.battle-mallet.com. Music by Anno Domini Beats. What's up, gamers? Welcome to Battle Mallet (laughs) Podcast, episode 56. Start over. (laughs) I'm not starting over. over. I told you when I was going, and then you. I wasn't paying attention to the the clock. I was looking at something else. Jesus. Just start over. Oh, my gosh. (sighs) You're killing me, smalls.